Welcome back everyone to Lindsay Live, coming to you from at least six feet away. We have a great show for you today. We're talking about connectedness. It is April 2020 at the time of this recording, and schools are closed because of a global pandemic. In a moment, we'll talk about some ways that Lindsay Learning Facilitators are staying connected to their learners in spite of these extreme circumstances. But regardless of whether we're in physical proximity with our learners or not, it is vitally important that they feel seen, heard, safe, and known. It is our responsibility as learning facilitators to build positive relationships with each of them and create a culture that empowers them to create connections with one another. In Lindsay, we believe that relationship building is the first step in setting our learners up for lifelong success. When we are intentional about creating connections with our learners, they develop trust and willingness to attempt new challenges. In difficult situations, they're more likely to approach us for emotional and academic support rather than giving up. The learner-learning facilitator connection is a two-way street that not only provides a foundation of trust and allows the learning facilitator to impact the learner's life, but also allows the learning facilitator to get to know the learner and adjust their instruction to fit the learner's unique needs, goals, and interests. This allows our LFs to truly personalize the learning experience and make it meaningful to each learner. But the learner-learning facilitator relationship is not the only important connection that happens in our learning environments. As educators, we also have a responsibility to serve as a role model and help our learners create connections with one another. In a successful learning environment, learners will build constructive and collaborative relationships and understand each other's unique strengths and opportunities. This will create an environment in which learners lift each other up and will elevate them to levels of achievement and understanding far beyond what they could accomplish individually. Today we'll hear from two learning facilitators who have successfully created well-connected learning environments here in Lindsay. Jonathan Bassett is a Content Level 7 learning facilitator at the Kennedy Learning Community, and Jeremy Jennings is a Content Level 8 learning facilitator serving at the Learning Labs at Jefferson. They'll call in to share insights and strategies for relationship building, as well as discussing the impact and importance of creating connections with and between learners. But first, let's take some calls from social media. On Facebook and Twitter this month, we asked Lindsay stakeholders to share some insights into how they've continued to build and maintain connections with their learners despite the physical closure of school buildings in the shadow of a global crisis. Every learning community has gone one-to-one, -one, putting a mobile learning device in the hands of every learner. This gives them access to not only a world of academic information, but also to a caring and compassionate learning facilitator, committed to maintaining connectedness and making sure they continue to feel seen, heard, safe, and known, even in difficult times. Our first caller is Johan Urbaez, a blended learning assistant at the Reagan Learning Community. Johan? Well, there are many LF who are doing wonderful things to connected uh, with the learnings during these times of distant learning. One of them that I would like to highlight today is Ms. Beavers from Reagan Learning Community. Ms. Beaver is keeping her learners engaged and connected in various ways. Um, she holds Zoom meetings twice a day, two days a week, where learners are engaged through whiteboard interactions and polling questions. And she also uses ClassDojo as the positive reward systems and sends weekly videos, celebration, and chat us to all her learners. Another key to her success for staying connected to the learners is being connected to the parents by keeping them updated with relevant information. We know that during this time, fifth and sixth graders are having a hard time 
not being able to see each other. So she opens a Zoom meeting once a week where she's connected with them, where all they do is talk about life, all they do is talk about things that they're going, they're going through, and it just helps create a culture where they feel connected and happy at the same time. Lincoln Learning Community Principal Tisha Larkin-Barnes also called in to share the story of a special moment between the Lincoln staff and their learners. The learning facilitators at Lincoln understand that relationships are the foundation of creating a safe environment for learners to take risks and explore new learning. And during this time of distance learning, relationships are foundational to learner success. So what we did was we, at the end of our professional development meeting, um, Mrs. Cortez gave each of us a um, word that we were put on a piece of paper and held up to the camera, and it spelled out the message, um, Dear Eagles, we want you to know that we love and miss you. We hope to see you soon. Love the Lincoln staff. And we've shared it on social media. I know the learning facilitators have sent it out via email to their learners. They've used Class Dojo, Instagram, lots of different ways we've gotten that message out. The idea for the Zoom message came from our content level seven learning facilitator, Mrs. Gomez. And then she shared it with our counselor, Ms. Cortez. Ms. Cortez then made the coordination and everyone um, was in. All of the staff members were really excited about joining and participating. And we realized that it's important for our learners to feel and know that we're still here for them, even if we aren't together physically. Schools may be closed, but learning does not stop here in Lindsay, nor do the relationships our instructors and staff continue to build with their learners. Great stories from the learning communities. Thank you guys for sharing. Follow Lindsay underscore USD on Twitter to stay connected with us and hear more about great stories like those. We've got Jeremy Jennings and Jonathan Bassett on the line in just a moment with much more. So stay tuned to Lindsay Live. Welcome back to Lindsay Live. I have Jonathan Bassett and Jeremy Jennings on the line. They've called in to talk with us about connectedness and building relationships with their learners. So thank you guys for calling in. Jonathan, I'm going to start with you. I've heard you say that getting to know your learners is your job. Your primary responsibility is building relationships with your learners. Can you elaborate on that? So I I just believe that if I, I look back on my experience as a middle schooler, and uh, I teach seventh grade, and so uh, my experience was I had definitely had had teachers at the time that that I could connect with on a personal level because they took the time to get to know who I was and know my interests. And I uh, and I went to a large middle school where we had probably about uh, probably about 500 kids that were enrolled, and so I was a diamond dozen. I was I was just another name uh, to many, um, but there were those those few teachers that that took the genuine time to want to build a relationship. And, and with doing that, I just, I, I look back at, I've, I've, I've tried to apply that to my instruction and it's so much easier just as a new teacher. I, I can't see how other LFs or other teachers wouldn't put that time in. And so for me, it's, it's, it's huge. It's a, it's a big factor in my instruction in my classroom. So you talk about a difference between the teachers who reached out and really tried to make that connection with you 
versus the ones that made you feel like you're a dime a dozen. What is the difference? What do you do in your learning environment that is different or that you wish all of your teachers would have done for you when you were in middle school? I, every, every day we spend, we spend time uh, introducing our day uh, or beginning our day with, with just shout outs, just, just opportunities for them to, to vent. Um, they bring topics up. I'll, I'll present topics for us to discuss. So we really spend maybe 15 minutes on it. But it's every day. It's just a part of our daily routine. Uh, also, just just peppered throughout the day, there are there are times where we just take a mental break and step back from instruction and and laugh about something. We'll have a we'll have a dance off competition, or or we'll just take a break in the middle of of math and and do some meditative stretches. And there's a lot of a lot of kinesthetic movement to kind of kind of separate it and that's not necessarily something that, that I remember from my experience. It's just, it's just ways for, to get them to, I don't know, brighten their day. Jeremy, we recently just released an instructional look for video on connectedness that featured your learning environment. And in that video, we see your learners throwing papers across the room in what looks like an indoor snowball fight. And this was an exercise actually designed to get learners to connect with one another around goals. Can you share the story behind that strategy? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that paid off greatly in my learning environment has been the ability for the learners to have accountability partners. Their accountability partners are varied each week, and it, it normally starts through uh, different activities, but one of their favorites is a snowball fight. And essentially what that is is um, the paper that is crumpled up or numbered off so that eventually uh, at the end of the snowball fight, the, the closest snowball to them, they'll pick it up. And that is their accountability partner for the week. What it does is it gets them uh, just laughing and having fun at the beginning of the week. And it also gets them to start connecting with other learners and other peers that they wouldn't normally connect with and finding ways to not only, you know, get to know people better, but also to help support them in their education. And so, once they have that snowball fight and they pick up the closest snowball to them, they will meet with their accountability partner. And each of them is required to write their goal on a uh, sticky note, uh, post-it note. And uh, the purpose of the post-it note is so that uh, once they share their goal and they write their partner's goal down on the back of their post-it note, they then have to put that post-it note right next to their keyboard of their laptops or the Chromebooks. When they open it up, they see it every single day. And so we constantly reference that to go back to it, but it helps them kind of keep their goal on my, uh, in mind, but also helps them kind of think about, you know, how, how can I push my partner to meet their goal for the week? And then that's not the only place they have it, but we found, or I found that when they have, uh, have it front and center and they're always looking at it, they, they tend to change their, their attitude and their, their focus and their work. Then they will take that goal and actually input it in their online PLPs. But, uh, but essentially, it was just a way for us to have some fun and get to know each other a little bit better, a little bit deeper, and find ways to support each other. I think that's something we can all connect around, whether we're in the classroom or we're at the gym with a workout partner or with a coworker, we can all connect around goals. And both of you have actually used personalized learning plan websites to help create connectedness around your learners' interests and their goals. Can you tell us about those projects and the inspiration behind them? Well, let me start so that way I don't have to follow Jeremy because my my idea was conceived from what he created last year 
the kids kind of had full autonomy to, to build whatever they were wanting to, to put together on it. They so had requirements they needed to make sure they included their goal as well as uh, their academic standing. But I felt that as, as we progressed through the year, their websites took on a different meaning to them. Uh, it started initially focusing on their academics and what their intentions were and, and their long-term goals. But it, it, it slowly started to morph into more uh, a portfolio of who they were more than what their academics were. Yeah, and you know, I, I can agree with Jonathan. Um, you know, these these actually came out to be more like portfolios, online portfolios, which is really cool. Uh, we call them our online PLP, which is the personalized learning plans. And, you know, uh, the learners in my classroom, um, when I gave them freedom to kind of name it what they'd like to, you know, we were getting names like uh, my journey to become a, you know, healthcare professional or whatever it may be. And it was really neat for them to see that they could have a place to put not only their short-term goals for their weekly goals, but also their long-term goals and how that specifically connects to what they want to do in life. And there was some freedom given. I told them to go ahead and personalize it. Um, so what we would get is not just a place for them to go and goals, uh, put their goals, you know, in academic stuff, because sometimes that can become just a check mark thing. Like, okay, I did my online PLP for the day, but it turned more into like, hey, this is a place for me to um, actually take pictures of my success this week some of the fun that we had maybe there was a crazy sock day or something and then we took pictures and uploaded them there and it became a place where they wanted to go to and they could actually see real-time success being posted on their websites also being able uh, to give those learners an opportunity to share it with the class so they would randomly get selected and if they wanted to share and it was a, a way for us to get to know them better as well and see how we can actually uh, move things around to help them meet their specific goals so it was a phenomenal tool to see you know, them engage in everything that we did because it was meeting or going towards something that they desired in life. So it sounds like in both cases, you went in with an idea of what this project could be, and it ended up, based on your connection with your learners, evolving into something completely or at least a little bit different. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. I, I yeah. believe so. Yeah, it actually became, you know, uh, more learner-centered, uh, and it was all about, you know, them and what their goals were, as opposed to something that, you know, was in, imposed upon them. Another thing these websites undoubtedly do for you is allow you to collect data, as does your learning management system in Empower. How do you take that data and use it to build even deeper connections with the learners? Well, you know, for me, uh, that data is crucial um, because, again, we take that data and we can then reference a number of different places that their goals will connect to it as well. Their goals have more from, you know, where at the beginning of the year was, hey, I would like to do, you know, this by this time to now it's, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this and here's the reason why I'm gonna do it. Here's exactly what I need to get done. Here's a, a skill that I need to learn this week to move towards that goal. And that's what that data really provides is that, honestly, that, that real-time snapshot of where are you towards your goal and what are you doing with that? And then it's also a great way to then take their interest and their likes and their data and then create uh, lessons that incorporates that stuff that will actually immediately impact their short-term and long-term goals. Yeah, I think Jeremy hit it around the head. I, I would say that the, the academic data is just only one part of, of building and, and in using that and to connect with the kids more just to, to help guide where we take that social emotional connection and where we can kind of kind of build and apply it in their academics. 
And building those social emotional connections, I know that's something that actually takes a lot of time. And I know that time is precious in your learning environments. So what are some intentional steps that you do to make time to make sure that you have that opportunity to spend time intentionally connecting with your learners and what kind of impact has that had? Any, any chance I get to hang out with the kids is, is an opportunity to build on the social emotional relationships. I'll go out and I'll, I'll play sports with the kids. I'm, I'm not opposed to diving for a volleyball, uh, even though, even though we're, we're not known for having the, the best of quality of grass, I will, I will skin the knee or two to, to stay in the circle. It takes, it takes a fair amount of time. You're right, but it's crucial. I have, you have to, you have to be willing to get out there and, and connect with the kids. One of the things that I've done with my, with my learners is because time is a factor, we've started to utilize, especially in this virtual setting that we're in now, we've started to utilize email. I'm acting as a pen pal with my learners now. So we've got a, an additional data stream, if you will, of connecting with the kids that I can kind of interact with them via email. And it's been helpful as far as a sounding board for them dealing with this whole situation, not being in a, uh, in a, a tangible school setting. Yeah, and you know, I would tell educators that when they say they don't have the, the time for building relationships, I would say that, you know, it's, it's actually one of those things that you definitely want to slow down to speed up. You know, if you take the time, if you make the time to make those connections with your learners, they're going to buy into what you're doing, but they also, you know, that trust is huge. Building that trust with their teacher, it, I mean, it's so important. This relationship that you have, that they have with us, you know, we see them sometimes more than their family does because we're with them, you know, seven hours a day just finding different ways to meet their needs to actually have fun whether it's starting a, a book club and and you know providing donuts on friday mornings for that book club just to connect and for those who like to read or like jonathan said you know going outside and actually shooting some hoops with them or bumping the volleyball around with them those are the things that they remember just like jonathan mentioned in the beginning of this uh, podcast he remembers those teachers that took that time and those are the lasting effects and, and those are actually how we're going to develop lifelong learners for those who actually go out and be positive contributing members to society and, and really make an impact in culture. Jonathan, we talked earlier in the year about your strategy of taking 10 minutes out of your PLP time each day and dedicating it to one of your learners, to having a conversation one-on-one -on -one with one learner for 10 minutes each day. Can you just speak briefly to the value of those one-on-one -on -one conversations? Well, I think, well, I think it was, it was huge. It was what I started with the beginning of the year. I would take 10 minutes out of the day because I, I just, it's crucial. It was crucial to find 10 minutes and make 10 minutes available to meet one learner a day, uh, especially at the beginning of the year, getting to build that connection and, and then be able to see that their LF is, is genuinely interested in who they are. It started off in a very uncomfortable setting. It's never, it's never a smooth operation when you're wanting to wanting to get a 12 year old to open up, but eventually they saw that, that my genuine interest in them wasn't going to go away and that they, they just started actively participating and it's all based on engagement and how, how real you're going to be with them. So we have a couch in my room that I, I make available and for 10 minutes out of the day, I sit at the couch and Sometimes I'll prompt them with questions or, or they just can open up and talk about whatever they want to talk about. More than not, more than not, they're, they're ready to go, but there's a few that, that I have to, I have to guide through to 
where our 10 minutes spent together aren't just a grueling 10 minutes with Mr. Bassett. Rather, uh, we, we just talk. I, I treat them like people. They're, they're maybe, they may be preteens and teenagers, but they have genuine interests. They have, they have concerns and we just share, we just share our experiences. And it's, it's, it's made such an impact. There are a few kids that those ones, those outliers that didn't start the year off with opening up, or maybe they didn't trust me uh, to begin with. Those, those are the ones that, that I feel sitting at the couch with them where they have my undivided attention for however long. And the conversation doesn't have to end at 10 minutes, but it's a great starting point. Those kids that, that hadn't bought in at the beginning of the year, those are the ones who, who benefited the most that I saw the biggest, the biggest growth in and just connection that we've made throughout the year so far. Those are the ones that, that I'm going to continue this practice for. Both of you take time at the beginning of each day to make sure that you greet every one of your learners. Tell me about why that's important and how it sets the tone for the day's learning. Yeah, sure. Um, to me, that's one of the most important parts of the day is, you know, to because uh, first, I mean, you can gauge whether or not they're having a good day. Um, or, you know, there's uh, something that you probably need to address or whatever it may be. But uh, for me, it's meeting the learners at the, uh, at the door before they even come in. We have different rituals that we have with the learners. Some of us, I, I mean, I'm in this epic battle of uh, rock, paper, scissors with one of my learners right now. It's even continued virtually. I am way behind, but I know I will catch up. But it's those little things. And I have someone who literally is trying to, you know, uh, give me the hardest high five ever. And, but it's those little things. It's like those personal connections. Not everyone's the same. Some people it's just a hello, uh, greeting them by name, you know, ask them how their day is. It really sets the tone and mood for the rest of the day. Especially you can start seeing, you know, some of those learners that are coming in a little bit unhappy. Maybe you make this, you know, you, you set, a uh, set aside some time to connect with them and see, hey, uh, you know, what's going on? How can I help out? You know, that way you can mitigate some of that, that frustration that then impacts their academics. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a gauge for the beginning of the day uh, to see how they're doing. I honestly, Jeremy, until you had mentioned it right now, that wasn't ever something that I considered. But but reflecting on it, it's it's definitely it's huge. It's it's for some kids they don't have any contact at all with anybody. Some kids their parents are already gone uh, by the time they leave home for school. Some parents you know just might not be available. And so I think for for some kids they, that that physical contact is 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 huge and. And I do high fives. I, I'll do fist bumps or knuckles, but I just feel that that having that for the kids, it, it just sets the stage for start their them entering the room, uh, crossing that crossing that threshold uh, with a positive interaction right at the beginning. If that greeting serves as a gauge to the way the learners are approaching the day, how do you make adjustments to your instruction based on that gauge? You know, for me, absolutely. Jonathan knows as well because, you know, he's a seventh grade teacher. I, I teach eighth grade and we're at that, that uh, stage of life where sometimes the learners are, they're trying to figure out what's next. And especially in eighth grade as they're going to be going on to high school and figure things out. So they have a lot going on in their mind, a lot of emotions, a lot of uh, hormones that are, are floating around there. If we can help them navigate that so that it doesn't impact um, their academics, but also just their future, you know, by helping them make better choices by approaching them differently. Um, as far as the academics, just giving them a little leeway on those days that you know that they are struggling, even giving them permission to say, hey, if you want to write about that, feel free to write about that. How can we help out, you know? As far as, you know, academically, 
when when you you know kind of have that that personal connection, they're willing to go the extra mile. And when they know that you care, then it's interesting how a teacher can really have an impact on a learner who's having a bad day. Yeah, it's so important to make that first connection because it just sets the tone for the rest of the day. I'm glad you bring up academics because there are a lot of teachers out there who might be hesitant to sacrifice their academic time in order to spend time building those connections. What would you say to someone who might have those fears? And have you actually seen a return on investment in terms of academics once you do take the time to build those connections? I would I would strongly suggest that person, that teacher reevaluate the relationships that they've set with the kids because I, I, I personally would rather work harder for somebody that I know has my back and I know at the end of the day, takes genuine interest in who I am. Uh, I'd rather I'd rather put forth my best effort for that person than the person who's going to come in and 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 be negative or maybe not even be negative. Negative at least implies that they have some feeling towards the kid. Um, I, I think having someone just just as a as an authoritarian in the in the classroom, I, I think that person they've they've lost that connection. And, and so I think it would be natural for the student to not have engagement or, or just the outcomes would, would then just be drastically uh, affected, I would imagine. I, I, I've never been in that classroom, or, I, or at least never instructed in that classroom uh, to know how the learner would be, but I, I can't imagine it being a, a, a vibrant or engaging room for uh, any student to want to, any person for that matter, to want to uh, uh, put forth their best effort. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. Um, when you look at, uh, sometimes I think uh, teachers forget that they were once in, in the learner's shoes. You know, uh, we were once eighth graders at one point, we were once seventh graders at, at a point. What was going through our minds? And, and knowing that can then help us to really approach our learners in a way that's gonna best support them. I have personally seen that the fact that connectedness with the learners has absolutely increased the academic uh, academics of my students. You know, when I look at some of them, uh, they're a little bit hesitant to share, but they forget that you know their their PLP is is shared with me, and so I can go in and and find something that they do like or talk about a picture that they did put up. And you would be surprised that uh, the joy they have when you can just mention a small little win that they had in their goals or something that they're interested in. And then it makes them want to work towards their goals even that much more when they know they have someone who cares. I would tell that teacher, you know, give it a shot. Why don't you try making those personal connections? Uh, take a step back, that whole idea of slowing down the speed up uh, and just see if, if you're going after goals and you're certain, you know, you know certain data you want. I really feel that that would be a byproduct of the relationships that, that uh, you, you make with your learners. I, I want to add on though, I feel that us saying to go out and make connections with, with our learners or with students, I, I feel like that, that teacher that isn't ready to take the risk or, or hasn't taken the risk already, I think, I think and they're, they're not knowing where to jump off from. I would say that, that my experience has been uh, the, the power in telling stories. I, I share my life with my kids at a, at a personal level. They they know who I am. They they know my daughter. They know they know my dog's name. It's there, there's there's so much sharing that I've that I've I've done with my kids that I'm sure at every grade level that that uh, the amount of sharing and the content that you share will be will be different. But 
uh, based on their maturity and and but I feel that I feel that if you're looking for some place to start, open up and share who you are just throughout your experience with them, throughout your time with them. Uh, that that might be one way that you can you can bridge that gap and start that that line of communication. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that. Definitely, it sounds like a great way to reach out to a learner who might not be as eager or as open to building a relationship. We know that every learner is different, and you even touched on this a little bit earlier in the podcast about how we don't always have an immediate connection with every single learner. So what else can you do in those instances where you know the relationship is going to take a little bit more effort to build? To be honest with you, a learner can't get upset about you celebrating their successes. Even though a learner may be uh, not as willing to open up and share, letting them know that you still have their back regardless of of how much they're opening up to you is so important for the learner. And I do believe that they'll eventually come around. And so letting them know, hey, I know where you want to go in life. I know uh, what excites you, what you you enjoy. I know these things about you. And you know what? We're going to celebrate the things that I do know because we believe in you and we know that you're going to do great things. They have no choice really, but to say, Hey, okay, I'm going to buy into this because um, they believe in me. And, and oftentimes they may not get that outside of school. And so it's so crucial that, that we break through those barriers because oftentimes it's those kids like Jonathan mentioned earlier, those that were hesitant to buy in. um, Those are the ones that you see the greatest impact when they finally do buy in. And it's because you're breaking down the barriers and you're providing something that that sense of normalcy in their life that they may not get at home. And so it's just so important to just keep powering through and letting them know, hey, we support you and we celebrate the the little steps that you've that you've done in your academics or just uh, in your your personal life. Tell us about your celebration process. For those who haven't seen the video with the gong, mm-hmm. tell us what that's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, um, I'm I, working in a unique environment that is a learning lab where there's a number of learning environments connected together with minimal walls. And I have a gong in my classroom that when a learner has an achievement, it, it's really important that the whole, uh, in our case, the learning lab understands that people are meeting their goals and that we're celebrating them. And so uh, the purpose of the gong is really to let the whole learning lab know that people are uh, being celebrated, that people are meeting their goals, and it's to encourage others as well. So they'll just simply get up there and they'll share with the class the goal that they've met, and then they will hit the gong as hard as they possibly can, and then we all celebrate afterward. And it's it's a really it's a kind of a cheesy thing, but they love it. That's so funny because in my room I have I have one of those dinner bells <laughs> nice. that they, for the same exact purpose they they ring it as as loud as they can. It's nice they get that that super loud shock they get as loud as they can and then the reaction is always great that's so cool great stuff well i want to change gears real quick because it is april 2020 and at the time of this recording schools around the country around the world really are shut down in reaction to a global pandemic the campus buildings are closed down Learners are not physically attending classes. You don't get to see them every day face-to-face like you normally would. You don't have the volleyball games. You don't have the high fives and the fist bumps. But that doesn't mean that learning stops. And it certainly doesn't mean that you guys are going to stop building those relationships and creating connections with your learners. So how are things different today than they were a month ago? And what are the steps that you're taking to 
continue to reach out and maintain those relationships with your learners? You know, uh, connection is, uh, and also uh, having a routine is so important for the learners. And so, uh, you know, day one, we were doing online Zoom meetings with our learners on, a, uh, on an actual schedule. So at nine o'clock every morning, we connect up and we still go through the process of talking about our goals at the beginning of the week. What do we want to accomplish this week? You know, talking about celebrations, because if you jump right into academics, especially with something new, they kind of get lost. But what we've been doing every single Zoom call is I, I do an icebreaker with the learners and I break them out into breakout rooms in Zoom so that they can actually share with each other. Uh, and it could just be random things. The other day we did an acrostic poem that talked about them. Today we talked about, you know, just silly questions. If there's one thing you could eat right now, what would that be? And it gets them just connecting. And then they share, they come back to the whole meeting to share out. I did a dance off, you know, John, Jonathan mentioned that he did a dance off in class uh, when they were in physical class. I actually did one online using the Sway app it's just, it's a funny thing because someone who cannot dance like me can go on the Sway app and it makes you look like you're an amazing dancer, even if you don't have a dancer's body. So it, they find that funny. They they had a lot of fun with that. And then also just doing random things. Uh, every day I show up in a different persona or costume. Today I was uh, Darth Vader. Uh, that's been fun for the learners to change their their backgrounds as well, to just put themselves in a place that's different than where they currently are. And it gets them to, uh, to open up and they really love it. Um, but ultimately, they really do miss the in-person connections. It's interesting to see. Yeah, I, I would. I agree with you, Jeremy, that the scheduling is, is crucial. I, I think without having a plan uh, and just holding open business hours or open office hours with the kids is, is a little bit of a, of a, lost, a lost cause. Uh, you, you'll get kids that right now still want to take advantage of the opportunity to get to sleep in. Uh, when they don't normally and so fighting fighting that that urge by having a set schedule is has been helpful uh, one of the things that I'm I'm going to start when we get back from break is we're going to have a scheduled PE maybe yoga yoga classes or a, a cooking classes one of the one of the feedback one of the pieces of feedback I got from all my kids so far uh, with this whole um, isolation experience has been that they are cooking a significant amount more and so one of the seventh grade seventh grade pushes for us in Lindsay is the is a get up and move program and and in that they they learn different nutritional tips and so I, I think that'll be one of the one of the avenues we go uh, is just cooking and and seeing where we can go with that well, that's so good I really like that idea um you know you probably noticed this too Jonathan but uh, uh, the connectedness with parents as well um mm has kind of skyrocketed, it's gone out the Huge. roof, you know, because parents are kind of like, hey, what do I do? Like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for teaching <laughs> our kids. Um, like, you know, they're almost apologizing sometimes. And I'm like, no, 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 you just, this is really good. You know, they're getting to know their kids even closer. And, uh, but the connectedness is like, hey, you know, I'm actually connecting with parents greater than I ever did before. And it's a two-way conversation as opposed to just a a one-way thing and that has really helped out too to connect it back to our learners you know and now we're supporting everyone's supporting the goal of the learner and uh moving it forward it's been really neat well learning certainly is something that always has started at home so why should it stop just because our learners are stuck at home school may be canceled but learning certainly not canceled and building those relationships creating connectedness still alive and well here in Lindsay. 
Jeremy Jennings, Jonathan Bassett, thank you guys so much for calling in and being with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. And once again, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud so you can join us next time for more insight and discussion from our educational experts right here on Lindsay Live. <laughs>